You're listening to the Soju Talk Nation podcast, episode 22. On today's episode, we discuss this week in music and life adventures. So sit back and chill with friends. You're listening to the after show with the Soju Talk Nation. Welcome to the Soju Talk Nation podcast, a chill discussion on this week in the Soju Talk Nation. We're recording on Wednesday, June 9, 2021. I'm your host, Crispy, and joining me this week is Koala. Hello. Hi, Koala. How are you? I'm dying. Uh, Can you tell everyone why it is that you are dying? Because of allergies. Um, my, my eyes have never been this red and burning as yeah. much before. Yeah, you were going through a, a moment before recording. Um, we had to kind of delay things for you to gather yourself. But you know what? I think you're okay. <laughs> I think you're here. I think you're doing great. And we're going to have a great show. So let's move on now to announcements this week. Um, Soju Sessions, episode 11. Yes, that's right. I was going solo, low, 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 low. Is that right? Low, is, low. It, is that the number of lows? Is that the correct number of lows? I forgot. I don't have the exact song in front of me. Um, but yes, uh, I went solo talking about Tiffany and Alexa. So check that out on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. Um, somehow I got to talking about them for 50 minutes all by myself. I was only planning to talk about them for 30 minutes, but somehow I got there. So, um, yeah, see see the uh, the ways in which I get to uh, that 50 minutes, because uh, I even surprised myself. Um, celebrating the nation this week on June 10th, we have the crackhead from Seattle, the uh, Una... I don't even know how to describe it anymore. The, the delusional Una fan, the... Kid who apparently has a girlfriend now, Bagel. So wish Bagel a happy birthday on June 10th. I think that's the day that this episode will drop. So it'll be a, a, a nice celebration and a combination of events between this show and Bagel's birthday. All right, uh, moving on now to this week in Soju Talk Music. Uh, before we get started, though, um, we have something special from a member from the nation. So Dell. Delmonic, as you some of you may know, um, on the server, on the Discord server, he's uh, Canadian, he's from Canada, and he loves Mamamoo. He, um, when he first joined the server, I think that was one of his big, like, sticking points, is that he's, like, the biggest Mamamoo fan, and he would post all of the emotes from the server. Um, so yeah, we've all gotten to know him really well, and just talking to him here and there about his love and affection for Mamamoo, I asked him to... Send something in, perhaps a recording, perhaps a written note, or, but he ended up sending an essay, a letter, about Mamamoo and why he loves them. So coming up, before we get into music, I will be reading that letter um, to kind of set the table and to get us in our feels about Mamamoo. So coming up, here is Adele's letter to Mamamoo. Hey! 
This is Delmonic, or better known as Del, and Crispy has asked me to share my thoughts and feelings on why I love Mamamoo. Though it's difficult for me to put into words, I'll try and highlight the things that have made me fall in love with this group. First thing I love about them is their incredible vocal talent. Four incredible vocalists who could all very well be and are successful soloists in their own right. Yes, that includes Moonbill. Even though she's mainly a rapper, she has a beautiful singing voice. Her recent collaboration with Bumkey, titled The Lady, showcased her vocal talent. The rest of the group speaks for itself. Solar's clear and powerful vocals, Wien's soft and sweet-sounding voice, the backbone of the group, and Hwasa's powerful and unique jazzy yet sensual sound, not to mention their harmonies. Even though their voices are all incredibly different and distinct, they can all come together to create beautiful and powerful harmonies. The diversity between all of their voices allows them to have a very unique and diverse discography as well. From retro jazz to funk to R&B to ballads and their poppy upbeat tracks, there's always something for whatever mood you're in, and they pull them all off incredibly well. Secondly, Mamamoo thrives on live performances. Their live performances are spectacular and are even better than their studio versions. They have amazing stage presence and their vocals carry so much weight and emotions. Even though I don't understand Korean, I get chills and become emotional through their songs. They're also a riot on stage, always having a blast. Still delivering an amazing performance. Passionflower and Mama 2020 being my favorites. Finally, their personalities and love for each other. Having watched many of their live performances and variety content, they truly are a riot on and off stage. But the way they care and support each other really makes me love them that much more. What more is there to say without rambling on endlessly? When you hear the name Mama Moo, you know to expect something great, and that is a testament to their hard work and dedication. For a group that was their company's first and deemed to fail, they've made a name for themselves through their will to succeed and their raw talent. From bops to ballads and everything in between, with some of the top vocal prowess in the industry, to just being amazing performers and enjoyable personalities to watch and to listen to, they're a group I hold very dear and love endlessly. Thank you, Del, for submitting that amazing letter, that amazing essay, that love poem to um, Mama Moo. Um, a really nice, loving way for us to start this week in music. Um, Koala, are you in your fields now? Are you ready to start this week in music? I guess I am. I'm still a bit dead. I'm like really trying hard to not fall asleep. Well, uh, hopefully this musician will resurrect you and give you the energy you need. So first off this week, we have B.I. with Illa. Illa, you know this guy very well. Well, he is one of your favorite people in K-pop. Um, you know, before we go into the crew's reactions and what the crew thought, what does B.I. mean to you? And what did you think about the song? 
I don't know, he just kind of started off to be one of the most inspiring artists I followed in the past years when I started to get into Icon, which was like, uh, well, it was before Love Scenario, so a couple of years back. And now it's been like two years since he left the group and I was really excited to see whether he would come back to the music scene or not. And he did indeed in... uh. With his own label, 131, which is under IOK. So both Doug and Warren were right in the episode, more or less. And this song just... So the whole album, Waterfall, is just really good depiction of how he felt in the past years and what his feelings and thoughts were. You can tell that from like the whole lyrics and also the visuals in the MV, for instance. Um... So the MV is mostly like beach scenes and him running, as Doug said, in those marked. What did what what was the exact word? I forgot. Marked. Mar- there was a word for it. I forgot. Anyway, and it, it's like a good way to see that he started off with being really lost in the ocean, lying down on the beach, and ended with friends chilling on the balcony and watching fireworks. And this is, like, the whole feel of the album, even though it's still, like, made with a lot of YG producers. So you, you've you got Millennium or Resang, then you get Choice 37, Kangoo Jin, Diggy. So all of these people have worked on, like, YG songs before. And I also know that the song, so Ilaila, and also a couple of B-sides have been played at YG Entertainment. So I, I don't really know what the business is there, whether they are, like, still... Working in-house with Hanbin, I'm not quite sure. But besides the producers, I think the whole imagery is very different. So the MV was also made by... I forgot the name, but I know that that person worked on BTS MVs before, I think. Woogie? It might be Woogie. And his dance videos were also all shot in One Million Dance Studios, which some of you might be familiar with. So this is a clear restart for him, as his one song Rebirth says, but also still very connected to that sound that I like of YG in general, which makes sense if you look at the credits. This song as a whole, I really enjoy, even though I get the criticism of Warren saying it's a bit repetitive he himself so Hanbin also said himself that he finds this song a bit unorganized so the melody and the mix and the lyrics he found him he found it unorganized but he still released it which I found quite interesting he has a ton of content a ton of behind the scenes content where he shows and expresses his feelings so you can look that up I don't think Everything is out yet. I think there's a lot planned for the next two weeks with him also talking and elaborating on it a bit more than I can do now. Yeah, I think... Have I forgotten anything? I don't know. No, that was excellent, Koala. Um, I think the one point that I really appreciated that you brought up is that uh, with all the behind the scenes and... um, kind of information coming out about the song um, and even Hanbin talking about his production and his process that he felt like the song was unorganized and there were some elements of the song that you know may not have worked completely but he still wanted to release it because he had a direction he had a theme and he had a message 
that he wanted to convey. I think that was more important to him than fine-tuning every single piece of the song. Also considering he doesn't necessarily have the pressure of a large label anymore, right? Where he's just on his own and he can go on his own time frame. Um, I think with summertime and kind of the imagery of being on the beach um, and kind of still that transitional period where it's still kind of okay to be introspective, kind of to look out into the sunset, look out into the horizon. Um, I think it was a nice time for him to release the song. Um, again, even though it may not be complete in, in and of itself, um, I think Warren's dislikes and criticisms of the song being in line with how Hunbin feels about the song, it's actually pretty cool. Because now you see two points of view where like you have the audience who can recognize certain things about the song that may not have completely worked. But then you have the creator saying like, yeah, that didn't work, but this is kind of the reason why. Like we can kind of piece it together. Um, and you can kind of come like to find a happy medium about like the criticism about a song, but then still feeling the emotions of why the song exists. Um, one of the pieces of imagery I really liked is building a sandcastle um, because it's this idea of um, kind of metaphorically building different elements in different parts of your life through experience. But all of it can come crumbling down at any moment if a wave were to come through and just push it down, knock it over. But you can always rebuild it. You can always um, learn from your experiences and build it somewhere else, grow it further. And for him, it's growing it with friends, growing it with more people, different people around him. Um, I know we're going very deep into the themes of the, of the song, but um, I did just want to reflect on, you know, the the overall artistry of, of music like this, because I think it's important to, you know, spotlight it and give it some celebration occasionally, because I think for K-pop, we're pretty much like caught up into the broad appeal um, of music and I think it's important for B.I.'s music um, to exist just to give us a little bit of a, a different a different feel a different sound a different take right uh, with regards to the music um, what did you think about B.I.'s album being much more vocal heavy than rap heavy I think Anita mentioned on the show that her expectations were like rap hip-hop um, with everything that B.I. has gone through over the past few years, even expecting kind of retaliation and just being angry with this rap. Um, but what did you think about it being refreshing and being, you know, a very sentimental, somber album? I really liked it. So I knew before that he also had a pretty, not the best, he's not the best vocalist, but for, for some reason his his voice just works with emotions just the same as bobby his his singing voice is also great and people outside of the fandom won't notice it because yg didn't push their vocals as much so i'm really happy that he's able to express that this time around uh, another thing i wanted to add is you said that what was it summary the, the summertime where he released it, this mv he actually planned to release this whole album in the winter so he wanted to do to have that cold beach feeling, but he decided to not do it and to just release it in the summer instead. Nice. Oh, cold beach is an excellent way to describe it. Um, I actually love that imagery and just like that concept of, um, you know, going to a beach during different times of the year, during different seasons. But um, I, I think early June is still 
fairly cold beach season, um, especially if you're in Northern California where the beaches are always cold. Um, yeah, that's that's a joke for Northern California people. Um, uh, any final things about um, the song Illa Illa or the album or even what the crew had mentioned this week? I love the features. I love that it's high in Tableau. High, high song is amazing. Lehigh, for those who call her by her full name. Um, we're on a first name basis with uh, Lehigh, obviously. <laughs> um, but High Song is amazing. I love that song. Um, yeah, I, I listened to this album a lot <laughs> over the past few days. Um, and it's one of those albums where it's like there's a lot of introspection. There's a lot of self-reflection. But also I can just have it on while I'm doing things. Um, it is very uh, easy listening, um, even if there is a lot of emotion to it. Um, and yeah, I think Lehigh and Tableau's features just fit so well with his music style and his choices for this style of singing and hip hop esque genre. Yes. So. The, the whole album is also really just following that water theme through the lyrics and also also with the dream theme. After after I've listened to Daydream, I paid more attention to his lyrics and whether he's implicating something in that direction. And then I noticed that he's also like hinting at dreams a lot in his album. So. There are some notable quotes, and it's really interesting how he just writes lyrics and composes music. Yeah, I think he does take his artistry very seriously. And then I think it did reflect with Icon in the past, right? Um, it's just now that he's able to do things, again, without the pressure of a large label, um, a lot more creative freedom. Um, and even like the, the tag at the end of this music video where he's in the studio and you see him like in this process... Um, and you see him just recording. I think it's a very subtle moment and it's something that is probably common in a lot of music videos. But for me, it's very reflective of just like the way he thinks about art and music and, you know, letting it be part of his life. Yeah, I don't know where else to say. Go with that. Um, Koala, you got the final word. What What do you want to, how do you want to end this BI conversation? Mm. I, I would just hope that people might give it a try and maybe look at the lyrics because you can really tell that he's talking about the past, the drug scandal, his feelings, the past few years, how they were for him. And he put a lot of work into it. So I would be really happy if people would check it out. And I hope people check it out as well. All right, let's move on now to Monster X with Gambler. Okay, um, I'm going to start off by summarizing a few things about what the crew said because i felt very similar um i think the main point is uh doug was very conflicted on the one hand very on brand with monster x and i agree it was one of those where it's like oh i've seen this before from them so let's caveat that from them um but then also the fatigue in that oh i've also seen this before by the majority of boy groups this year and last year. So I think that's where it's like, it, it, it's tricky with this song and tricky with Monster X because I do agree that this does fit. It's very on brand for them. But we've also seen not just boy groups do this, but the direct comparison on the show is that it's it felt like Boa's better and Woods feel like. So Cole, what did you think about that comparison and that being kind of the main talking point for at least musically for 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 gambler 
I think at this point, Monster X really needs to switch it up a bit because we're so used to the sound of them that it feels so much in line that it could also just have been a past title track. I don't really remember it because Monster X has been sounding like that for quite a long of time now. And I don't think they ever switched up their concept a whole lot, so it's always been this darker sound. And I would really like to see them just switch it up because they are also probably needed after all that has happened in the past. Do you feel like this song could have been one of the Kingdom songs? I'm not quite sure. King- Kingdom feel a-, a tiny bit more darker even. Well, even darker. Okay. Well, you're you're the boy group. Um, you're you know more bo- about boy groups than I do. So, and I I actually didn't follow Kingdom all the way to the end. But for me, when I watched this, I was like, oh, I could have. This could have been on stage with the other boys. Like, I, that's what I felt. Right. Like, not saying that that's a positive or a negative about the song. It's just like it very much fits in the meta, fits in the current trends of boy groups, and. Um, you know, for whatever reason, Monster X did not accept the invitation to Kingdom. You know, that's their prerogative. Um, but I just felt like this fits very in line with what we know about boy groups currently. Um, there's a couple of few things that Anita said that were interesting that were a little bit more positive and uplifting. Um, I did like the styling as well and the concept of the heist um, with kind of the edgy, classy look and like suits and trying to infiltrate like this corporate situation but then there was also an auction happening and then there was a fight scene you know a lot of interesting things personally i do like music videos if if there is a story that are self-contained um i don't think there's lore attached to this am i wrong do i have that correct koala um, there's no lore okay cool because when i watch something like this it's like oh cool it's like a movie right um and i'm cool with that so i do like self-contained stories and that's why i like for me this music video was engaging um but then anita did talk a little bit more about the music um how the start of the chorus uh, the melody wasn't very strong and it just felt a little empty and static um, do you agree or disagree with any of the music opinions and choices that Warren and Anita uh, made about this song? I honestly don't have a whole lot of feelings. I had a phase where I was listening to a lot of Monster X, but the reason why I fell off is because it was too similar similar at, th- at some point. I would still say this is one of their weaker songs if you compare it to the stuff that they've been doing. So yeah, I would probably agree to most of it. Nice. Um, yeah, no, I think I think if you're fairly new to K-pop, this is a song that will get you into Monster X. Let's just put it that way. And then once you start to go back into the discography, well, that was hard to say, discography, um, you'll start to recognize a lot of similarities and the songs kind of all, all blending together right where you can't really distinctly say this is from any one era um you know and honestly that may not be a bad thing especially if you're new to k-pop and you're trying to learn more about a group and perhaps even put all of their best songs or all of their their a tracks on the playlist so um i think i can spin it off into a positive in that sense so definitely check out monster x if you're new to k-pop um if you're um if you've been listening to k-pop for a few years probably one that only well, personally, I won't go back to, but again, Monster X, 
just the names to recognize because they've been in the game for quite a quite a while. So uh, hopefully, hopefully they switch it up. I think is what we uh, kind of landed on for uh, their feature and hopes for new music. All right, let's move on now to Mama Moo with "Where Are You Now." So I did read that letter uh, from Delmonic at the very beginning to kind of set the the tone today, set the mood for uh, reflection and affection towards uh, our favorite things. And then Koala went off into her uh, little review of Bi. But let's move on to Mama Moo. What did you think about the white milky tub that Hwasa was swimming in? Oh God! <laughs> oh, why am I bringing that up? It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the best part of the music video for you. No. <laughs> why? Um, I, I, you know, you can always count on Warren to go from like music analysis to just clownery. Very weird <laughs> topic. <laughs> just just clownery right um yes yeah, so mamamoo um they i think still as of today queen is not signed if i'm not mistaken um but they're still doing um releasing music together queen released her solo just a few months ago and um i think it was a little bit of a surprise that they went into straight ballad for me um not that not not surprising that they did a ballad so well, but in that, I think we've expected a little bit more up, upbeat, and because it's summertime, um, you know, songs with choreography, where they release a song like this, um, beautiful song, music, beautiful music video, great styling, um, and even like the 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 composition of like the the shots and um, like the colors. Um, I think Anita mentioned that. It's very muted. It's gray, so there's a sense of um, not a sense of sadness, but a sense of like looking forward, right? Um, yeah, I think I think with with all that said, I think it's it's a very interesting choice that they went with a, a power ballad for kind of their anniversary, um, and kind of saying like, okay, this is where we've been, this is all that we've done together, and now we're moving forward, and it almost felt like a, a breakup song, <laughs> like a like a disbandment song. It's not. I don't think so. But okay, Koala, what did you think about what the crew had said about the song, um, and kind of the different opinions between Doug and Anita liking this style of vocals, and then Warren feeling that the dramatic style of Mamamoo isn't necessarily his favorite. For for quick. It's like, have you seen the news yet about Mamamoo? I have not. Tell me more. So there has been a leak that Wien didn't resign. Oh, she did resign. She didn't. She has yet. She didn't resign with. She didn't renew her contract. And then RBW just said, yeah, they they are still discussing, which basically means they are probably not renewing, to be honest, at this point. But they said they will keep activities as a group. So another God Seven-ish situation, maybe, more or less. We, we've seen a lot of people doing that nowadays, haven't we? Like groups staying together, but the members aren't uh, very different companies. Honestly, I don't know. Um, 
But you know what? That, that's kind of... Uh, that's interesting. That's an re- interesting wrinkle. I don't know what the situation is. And I don't know what is going to happen. Um, yeah, that's kind of a, a interesting wrinkle to everything. Um, that said, <laughs> what did you think about the song and music? Yeah, but very much just... It, it's really a lot of like a goodbye song, which is now weird knowing that she probably didn't resign, but them still saying that the group is staying together, which I do believe because their bond seems really strong for someone like me who doesn't really follow them. But still, this type of song, even though it, it it's it's supposed to be summer season, we were like really happy after Dun Dun Dance came out that we will now be getting summer bobs. But somehow all the songs have been like really sad and just moody <laughs> which i still like because i listen to sad music a lot i like the song i i like the the very uh not saturated mv this kind of aesthetic all in all it was really great to also showcase their vocals because i think the past songs have been like more upbeat and more focused on the dance and choreo to maybe show like the greater audience again that they are capable of this and yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think them releasing a vocal heavy song is, is still on brand with them. Um and it just it, it's it, I don't think they've done it in a while. I think is is what uh, surprised me the most. Um and because like you said, I think we're we've been set up with a few really high energy summer songs. Thank you for mentioning Oh My Girls Done Done Dance. Everyone go listen to that song by the way. Um and also, From Us Nine and Rocket Punch had pretty incredible summer bop songs. So, for Mamamoo, for Mamamoo, and I think this week in general, with B.I. and Mamamoo having slower songs, um, did kind of change up the pace a little bit. But, um, no, I think, I think, I think you said everything really well about just how they've you know, flex with their vocals and were able to kind of show their veteran musical ability, music abilities. Um, yeah. Um, I think one of the things I wanted to talk about from the main show was that Doug is a Moonbill simp and apparently Jordan retro ones, um, was a talking point. And I think Warren is a streetwear simp. So yeah. Awesome. And then also uh, the mention of Mamamoo's Killing Voice video. Um, I think they have another one. Um, amazing vocalist. I think if you do just want a sample of what they can do vocally, those videos are excellent. Um, a lot of artists have done um, compilations through that channel. But I think Mamamoo's is the most most showcase of their vocal styling. Okay, um, so let's move on now to... Well, anything else you want to say about Mamamoo? Any uh, surprise news you want to drop? Perhaps uh, Hwasa is uh, I don't know going to be on a Broadway show. Not really. Okay. All right. So let's move on now to EXA with "Don't Fight the Feeling." Um, so we've had a couple sad songs this week. We're going to end it with a summer song, a refreshing song, a very youthful song. Um, so this crew described it as a throwback or a callback to SM boy groups of the past. Um, when I was listening to the song and making my notes, the song felt retro, but I also couldn't 
define what era of retro this was. But I also knew this isn't like a retro sound. <laughs> it just had a very like throwback vibe, but I really couldn't put like I couldn't put my finger on it of like what this was. The crew did a nice job of like talking around it and like kind of piecing together that it's not necessarily retro, but it's like a callback to old SM, which is like, okay, I got this. Um, but yeah, what did you think about the song and the members, this group of members kind of back after so many years? A lot of green screen work in this MV. Like a hell ton. It reminds it also reminds me of Power. Like just just the MV. I think the Power MV was also mainly green screens and them just weirdly doing dances around green screens. Which makes it easier to implement Lay, I guess, because he's still like physically not part of the group group. But yeah, I think I I don't really remember the last exit i think it was obsession which i didn't quite enjoy which was also like a bit darker so this seems like a good switch up also from from that weird sm sound and ct urge that we've been getting the past month so yeah this this feels pretty much in line for sm title tracks it it works in my opinion me in the meantime kai's hair doesn't for me it's not it. I don't know. What is your opinion not it. <laughs> about the orange hair? Kai looks like he's 12. <laughs> like, Anita said it. They all look so young. Kai looks especially young with that hair. And I think it's like, part, part, partly it's the styling, but also like that orange is like, oh yeah, you're, you're a kid. <laughs> you're a kid, dude. He's, he's not a kid, kidding. by the way. He's like mid-20s. I don't think a lot of people can pull off like orange hair. Orange is like really hard to style without is, it looking weird. Yeah, I think you're you're right. And the thing is, he doesn't look bad with it. It's just he looks so young. Oh my god. That said, it's really cool to see Kai and Beckyan do things in EXO again, um, just because two the, over the past two years it's it's them either solo or with Super M. So it's like, oh, that's right, they started here. This is where they started, and they look great. Um, it's just it's really fun to see like familiar faces come back and kind of this group, um, essentially to get back together for the most part, right? With uh, some exceptions with uh, CG and uh, placement. Um, yeah, I I think what you said was really really stood out to me about um, SM finally doing something a little different than their NCT sound this year, <laughs> um, because. You know, SM, great, great producers. You know, they got a lot of money. Their songs are going to have a certain level of polish. But Shiny song, and then all the NCT songs this year. If I didn't know who did those songs, I would have told you it was the same group. But now with EXO, it's like, okay, nice. Got something different. Um, which is perfect because it, it lines up really well with Summertime. And I think this is kind of the summer direction that... We're all feeling most songs we're going to go into. Um, and XO and SM does this very well. Did this very well. Did this song. Um, I will point out that I also wrote a note about the rap breakdown. I wasn't a fan of like the rap trap segment. And I felt like it started to um, separate the, the different parts of the song. Like so each it, it felt like each member got essentially like a solo segment. But then they felt a little disconnected. Like right after that rap breakdown, um, 
but thankfully like i watched it as a music video so i was like very much engaged with like the visuals and like the colors so um i wasn't too distracted but i would say like that's probably the one criticism i have about the song not necessarily the rap itself but the fact that it made the rest of the segments afterwards felt feeling a little disconnected um yeah any closing how do you like the lore how do you like the lore? i will not talk about the lore no thank you <laughs> nope we'll not be doing that i know exo has lore we're not gonna talk about that OSM has lore at this point they have a universe okay okay i'll talk about it for like a, like two seconds i think it's absurd <laughs> that we have an infographic <laughs> to describe all of the sm lore I think that is absolutely unnecessary and a complete barrier of entry to anyone who wants to enjoy just the music. Hello, you want to listen to this music? Ah, by the way, this is the sheet of paper you need to <laughs> to get everything. Uh, it's it's. Uh, I guess people get more invested in it then. Maybe maybe the lo- maybe like the universe will have its own merch. It will have its own merch, 100%. And you know what? A power to SM for making money that way. But I I will not be participating. <laughs> I'll just say that much. Oh, man. Oh, man. You got, you got me on a rant. Thanks, Qua. You're, you're the best. You, you're lucky that YG very much doesn't care for lore. Yeah, I'm lucky YG doesn't have the uh, attention span to uh, give to lore. That's, that's another... <laughs> they, they- I tried a bit for treasure and then gave up. You see, you see, at least um, that's one thing you can say about YG's um, ability or lack of ability to release music is they probably won't also <laughs> release lore. Nice. <laughs> All right, we're getting on a tangent. Anyways, so the song, the lore, what have you? Um, I will say, I will probably revisit this song. I don't typically revisit boy group songs, but this song is just a nice, happy, fun, useful, upbeat song. I'm a boy group that's been out for 10 years. I think Doug put it, this sounds like a, a year four song, not a year 10 song. And I think um, that's what makes it stand out to me the most. Any closing thoughts, Koala, on EXO? I don't think so. All right, so let's move on now to the Soju chart this week. Um, a lot of interesting things happened. Um, you know, I typically, on the side write down Doug, Warren, and Anita's order, right, of what they what they thought and felt. Um, but, you know, we don't have to go into it too much. I will just point out that Warren is the agent of chaos this week with not having the BTS song, still having For Almost Nine, and putting TXT first, which, surprisingly, I enjoy that song. But what did you think about the... Soji chart this week. Oh, and by the way, the Soji chart is at number three. We have TXT with zero one love song. I know I love you. Number two, EXO with don't fight the feeling, and number one, BTS with butter. So, what do you think? Warren likes angsty songs. <laughs> this has been the case when like Kang Daniel came back with his one release after Paranoia. <laughs> He really loves angsty songs. But I, I also like TXT as well. I would have also put it in my chart with like Ila Ila and and I don't know anything else. Maybe Yuki? Yuchi still? Oh god, the name. Don't, maybe not her. The name, the pronunciation. 
Elk. This is going to be a thing for the rest of time. How do you pronounce her name? We don't know. Um, Bonnie and Clyde's amazing. I still listen to both of those songs off that single album. Um, I mean, I think I, I clowned this a little bit in Harold's Homies. I just copy and pasted my list from uh, three weeks ago, which consisted of Oh My Girl, Who You Sold Near the Black, and From Almost Nine. <laughs> I'm still listening to all those songs. Oh My Girl sadly did not make uh, Spice King. But, you know, we try. We we almost got there. Um, BTS did, however, get Spice King. They are now retired from the charts, uh, the Soji chart moving forward. Great run. Also kind of crazy that it's been three weeks since that song came out. Do you feel like time is just uh, moving very quickly for you recently? Time is a construct. You said it, not me. Um, anyways, <laughs> any any closing thoughts about how this uh, Soji chart was constructed this week? I don't think so. I'm just excited for next week because we got a lot of songs coming up and now one one space is like free for the chart. I forget. Is it Twice and Brave Girls next week? Mm, twice only. Twice. Let's go. <laughs> and then Brave Girls the following week, I think. Is that correct? Yes. With 17. 17 all right fine you could be the boy group representative we get it we get it all right well thank you everyone for listening to this week in soju talk music if you have any thoughts feelings or opinions we are on discord at the soju talk k-pop podcast discord um there is a dedicated soju talk channel so let the crew and everyone know what you thought what we what you thought about us we got kind of derailed this week we had a lot of emotions but you know what i think we did a nice job you know being simps for all of these groups. So, um, yeah, we hope that you simped along with us. All right, moving on now to State of the Nation. Um, I think it was a pretty straightforward little chat they had this week. Um, some takeaways is uh, Doug on eBay trying to get streetwear. Doug on Uniqlo's website trying to get Jujutsu Kaizen streetwear. Doug and Warren getting which shoe was it? It was the uh, Michigan Jordan. Was it a Jordan? Like Michigan color? Michigan colors. Nike or Jordan? Was it? Yeah, I want to say Air Forces. This forces? Is, no. no. Not no, Forces. I'm wrong. Dunks? No. Okay. Jordans? All right. Fine. I I didn't write it down. I'm sorry, Warren. I'm not in the shoe game. Um, but yeah, Warren flexed with those shoes because he showed this on uh, on the show, and I thought, yep, that that's fire. That's straight fire. And they all hung out this week as well. So there was a Soju Talk event, a meetup. Um, they got Korean bar Korean barbecue. It was Shin Boy, No Bias Nuna, Doug, and Warren, and they got Korean barbecue in Manhattan, which. They, I think they described it very well. It was going to be very expensive. It was very expensive, but it sounded like it was incredibly worth it. Um, what did you think about their description of all of the food, all of the, the deliciousness, and the $18 bottles of soju? Yeah, I'm not quite sure whether that was worth it. That's a whole ass album, sir. $18? What the fuck? 
See why <laughs> alcoholism, capitalism. Well, when Anita said like eight dollars, ten dollars, I was like, oh yeah, totally. And then Doc's like eighteen. Right? I was like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Um. So I too, I think I mentioned this last week. I also had Korean barbecue um two weeks ago, and I bought three bottles of soju. I don't think I, I don't think they were eighteen dollars each. I think our total bill was thirty dollars a person. So Oh my Yeah, I I can only imagine the the overall bill for uh for the crew. But yes, it's all you can eat. So you know, they come around with the with the plates and you just order, order, order and you have your shared grill. Um it's an experience, it's amazing. Um I don't know, I think I think I think they described it well with the the different flavors and textures. Um, it also really helps if you have one person who's like the designated grill guy or woman. Because um, I have a cousin who I went with and he's a chef. He's a cook. Um, so he essentially took control of the tongs and just he decided when the meats were done. And we also got steak, um, steak pieces. Uh, I forget what cut Warren mentioned it as. But yeah, you can, you definitely like want to monitor so you don't overcook it. And um, yeah, when my my cousin did it, it came out like this juicy, like red color. And I was just like, oh, this is, this is delicious. This is amazing. Um, yeah, okay. I'm getting on my attention of, of my experience. What did you think about the corn cheese and how the crew described all of the food um, at the Korean barbecue place this week, Koala? I never had corn cheese. Not a really fan of <coughs> corn like i don't know i don't really like it like a childhood thing it got me very hungry though i it's been like two years since i went to kbbq oh i missed the nerd i want food um yeah it made me very hungry listening to them talk about food um kind of sad that we didn't get to hang out with them but you know what one day we'll all get to hang out um yeah are you going to convince doug warren and anita to um do a european hire me meet up oh <laughs> I'll hire you i was gonna say meet up for a kcon what's in what's in europe kcon sweden kcon berlin <laughs> Are those are those actual? I love how it's normally like cities, and you just say Sweden. The whole the whole city country of Sweden. <laughs> it's it was Paris in like 2015, I think, and it was supposed to be Moscow. Maybe it's it will be Berlin at some point. Yeah, that would be hopefully. Fun. Yeah, but also have them hire you because they could use uh, an yeah, intern, totally an intern totally college credits. Um, I'm a good translator. I can help. I know you speak like ten languages, like two, at best. Uh, more, more or less, something like that. Um, and then they all, I don't know, food coma, and Doug slept with Warren. Is that the conclusion you came to? Well, spooning, <laughs> I guess. You know, when, when you put it that way, when you take away the context and then... So the exact thing that Doug said was he slept in the same bed as Warren. And Doug does not kiss and tell. And you could just <laughs> simplify that by saying Doug slept with Warren. And, you know, aggregate that and, like, tweet that. There you go. So... <laughs> 
yes, this is all chaotic right now. Uh, just like the main show, we kind of just don't really have a direction near the end of uh, the show this week. They, I, they they went shopping, right? I think mm. Doug mentioned that they were going to go to Uniqlo, <laughs> but it sounds like they just bought the clothes online and picked it up at the store. I I'm not. I wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't so. I don't know. Clear right at the end of that. Um, but yes, we would love to see um, Doug's Uniqlo haul and Doug's uh, Doug's drip, as it were. Um, I think that's going to be a segment next week for um, World Cup, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I think a, a very fun, casual hangout end to the show this week at on State of the Nation. Um, any closing thoughts about what you thought the crew was up to over the week? Also kind of sad that Anita couldn't join. Um, really wish uh, Anita gets to participate next time. I don't think I have any thoughts left. Alright, cool. Just uh, surviving with allergies, mm. I imagine. Okay, um, now closing thoughts and weekly check-in with us, the two clowns here on the Soju Talk Nation podcast. Koala, what have you been up to this week? How's life? Ten toes. I I didn't know one episode could be so bad. Why are you doing this to me? This 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 left me with more questions. I, I thought it would answer me some. <clears throat> Granted it was all also like really fast paced, so a lot of stuff happened in the one and a half hours. But yeah, that's that's like the only thing I, I wanted to start loud so the survival show of JYP and P Nation but I didn't get into it yet I will probably watch it like over the weekend and Kishin one of my youth with you guys had his birthday very cute very cute to see the trains interact on Weibo what have you heard about loud I've I, I don't know if I, I've just like not opening the channels that are talking about it but I haven't heard anything and I'm just we talked about it in KTV. Okay. I'm just curious because I just, I, I'm probably the, the one who's not connected and out of touch. So I just am curious to see if it's, um, if it's, I mean, you would probably also not get invested into it because it's boys again. Are Sai and JYP hilarious? Because I, that's kind of the reason why I would watch it. I, I can't tell you yet. I haven't watched it yet, but it's like 70 kids. Like literal kids, like ten year olds. Oh, perfect! Again, <laughs> ten year olds, perfect. Is, is Kai gonna uh, pop in? <laughs> These ten year olds are destined to get rigged off the show. They are just there for the chalk factor. None of them will actually make the group. Oh, that's kind of sad. Unfortunately, that, that, that's 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 been the case for every survivor show i've ever watched it's also been the case in the white treasure box that one kid that was 12 was also just there for the for the lulz because he was 12 i mean uh, never had a realistic chance kind of an unfortunate outcome of uh trying to make entertaining dramatic television but you know what you know what kids it's kind of how life works it's a life lesson early on and uh hopefully they uh take these lessons and they persevere and follow their hearts and all the other shit. Um, <laughs> um, I guess for me, so I revisited Chunga's Querencia this week. Querencia. 
that album is lit. Holy crap. It's so good. Like, I think when you first listen to an album and there's a lot of discussion, your your opinion is is somewhat influenced by the conversation around you, right? Um, whether or not that's like the main show or people just also listening to it at the same time. Um, and because there's so many songs, I think I think it's just hard to like consume it all and like make um, any like like for me like making like strong facts like thoughts and opinions about like the entire album. But now like months like what's what like months separating from the initial release and now like listening to it like more intently. Chung is amazing. Um, side C is essentially like the summer side. Um, it starts off with play and then it goes into Dementia and Lemon. It works for this time of the year. Holy crap. It's like such a summer, um, summer like Latin, like Spanish, a lot of Spanish like words and lyrics. It's just, yeah, I can't even like piece words together right now. It's so good. Um, but yeah, check it out. Go go listen to it. It's an album that came out this year, so it does count for 2021. Side C is a great summer album, summer feels um, vibe. So it definitely fits in with uh, June and just moving on into the next couple of months. So um, yeah, Chunga, she's amazing. She's great. Any closing thoughts for the week, Koala? Anything else you want to leave the nation with? 17 posts more teasers than I thought they would. I had to hold myself back. They posted a ton of teasers and they look so fucking good. And we'll end it with simping as usual. All right. Well, I think that'll do it. A lot of 17 discussion next week, I'm guessing. Mm, the next after. Oh, two weeks. Oh, perfect. So I have a week to uh, to brace myself. Got it. You have Brave Girls to talk about it, so... I'm so excited. I'm so <laughs> excited. <laughs> um, speaking of Brave Girls, KME uh, made a City Pop playlist a few weeks ago. That's probably the playlist I listened to the most of like all the music of the past few weeks. I mean, I listened to Chang'e a lot this week. But if I'm not listening to Chang'e, I'll listen to that City Pop playlist. It has the Brave Girl song, We Ride. Holy crap, that's a good City Pop song. So uh, check that out. Check out KME's playlist. Check out KME's channel. KME Rex on the Soju Talk K-Pop Podcast Discord. Um, yeah, I think that's it for this week. Any closing closing thoughts? Or double double closing thoughts this week for you, Koala? Mm, no. Um, nothing for me aside from hopefully... I get a job soon because I uh, just did a final interview. So, yeah, going to sneak that in. And, um, yeah, wish me luck. Thank you for listening to the Soju Talk Nation podcast, episode 22. Subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify or your preferred podcast platform, and continue the conversation on the Soju Talk K-pop podcast Discord. This has been the Soju Talk Nation for Koala. This is Crispy. Bye. Bye.